tell you when I'm going to experience it. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, that's really a good question. <laughs> when I find out, I'll let you know. Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? What People are talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard people claiming their enlightenment. Um, I saw an ad the other day on, you know, the mm-hmm. internet or something where someone was saying that um, this person was an enlightenment. They were claiming their enlightenment and um, several things. They had like a string of all the things that they were. So this seems mm-hmm. to be a buzzword out there now. Well, What's that yes. about? It, it, it's beautiful to look at the, at the core and the the first mentioning of enlightenment. Enlightenment itself is a um, is an explanation of a of an experience of awakening that's happening. And the first um, areas where you probably find it is Buddhism. In Buddhism, enlightenment it goes into self uh, recognition or self realization. And the more you go and uncover yourself, and the more you're going to go see your source, the more you're going to realize your own enlightenment as it's already there. And enlightenment meaning being in a state of superconsciousness, having the ability to be omnipotent, to be um, in full, um, or having full access to all of life's expressions. Okay, so what are people saying when they are claiming to be an enlightened being? Well, they're saying that they have access, you know, I mean, are there levels of enlightenment? Yes, that's a a good question. Uh, Think about it this way. When we were um, children, we were not really... We were thinking that we're going to want to do this or that, or we are pursuing this career. As we grew older, we realized, oh, it might be not as effective for our lives as uh, in being in that profession or doing that, because we saw also the um, other side, the other side of the coin, and the pros and cons. When 
when we get into a stage of awakening, for example, we can see more and more what the underlying levels of realities are. There's so many different layers and levels of reality, but enlightenment ultimately gets you to a place where you see the overall, um, the overall constellations and connections in the multiverse or universe. And I don't know how many people claim to be enlightened, but there's many different stages of enlightenment. Um, even as you, um, as you go in deeper into awareness, you know, the Buddha was, uh, has definitely been claimed being enlightened. Uh, the Shakyamuni Buddha. And I know a lot of the saints have reached their own level of enlightenment. You know, so it is a very powerful state of consciousness because when you are in this consciousness, you are no longer depending on um, systems and belief systems that are limiting because you're realizing the true nature of the multiverse and of the universe. You recognize the divine, you recognize yourself, you, you're basically re uh, removing all the veils that keep you unconscious. When we are um, born in this in this life or in this into this lifetime, we usually forget or forgot who we were in a past life, what we experienced in a past life, and we came in here with a semi-clear slate. And as we come in in here, there is a wiping clean of or or removing of the past experiences, so we can truly have a new. Um, and a new experience in this lifetime, almost like a, like a tape player or a CD or, or a tape cassette uh, that's being uh, erased and then over-recorded again, and then erased and then recorded again, only that we have a main database that recognizes all of these uh, recordings. They are being all stored, but the tape itself doesn't remember uh, that it was being used for these recordings. So the learning can happen each time that you're going along the new tape. That's right. Or you're, you're striving to go to the main database. You became the data, uh, you, you become the accessor to the database that has all the lifetimes, and you become the um, the observer, and you become the participant at the same time. Okay. So do we go through different... Uh, you know, I was thinking about this topic and realizing uh, this morning when I was working with a, a knot in a, in a muscle... Um, so do, and I thought, this is kind of like, I wonder how enlightenment would be that I might have had a limited range of motion and not really knowing that there was interference with my muscle and then find that, oh, there's a sore spot there. There's a trigger. And, um, so I became aware of that. And so working with it, working with the, than not, I got more range of motion, right? More, I became less limited. Mm -hmm. So do we go through uh, evolutions like that where we are learning about our physical body and like do we go through enlightened stages for each of our bodies, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body? Yeah, we're gonna. We are basically. Um, if you look at it, it's like a detox. You're detoxing your system, and the more you're detoxing your system, the more you can feel your mobility in your joints, the mobility in your lower back, the mobility in each disc and vertebrae, and also, of course, and and often that has also to do going to an awakening process or enlightenment process has a lot to do with detoxing. And a healing crisis is often related to that as well because we are basically clearing the veils. The veils 
can be denser, can be considered or compared to heavier, denser energies. And they basically have to start uh, the, the, to be cleared or the clearing process. Many ways to, uh, are there to go there. There are Sufis go there when uh, when they uh, spin in their spin into uh, the specific spin to meet their creators, uh, the divine. When uh, deep prayers or when you are in deep surrendering to God or the universe, and Buddhism has several different branches how to get there with um, the Tibetan branch, uh, the more Shakyamuni branch in India. And um, there's different, many different ways how to go about going into your enlightenment. There is practices, there's chants, there's mantras, there's meditations, there's a serious contemplation and, and clearing that goes with um, recognizing also um, how to create a spiritual practice in order to maintain focus to nurture and nourish the enlightenment consciousness. There's uh, ways to activate the kundalini energy. The kundalini energy uh, spiraling up the spine and supporting each chakra to maintain their life force and, and their uh, accelerated um, growth and expansion rate so that we can truly maintain it. There's energy work, for example, gets you to enlightenment as well because you're clearing all your energy systems of any heavier, denser energies. And that can also be compared to the veils that are being lifted. So that's such a beautiful uh, portrait that you paint really to help us understand the word enlightenment, right? So you're clearing all these heavy energies so that you can become light. That's beautiful. That's right. So we're going to take a, a short commercial break now. To We want to thank our sponsors. And we will be back um, with our wonderful listeners here talking more about enlightenment with Atana. Thank you. healing. Today we're talking about enlightenment and just what is enlightenment and how do we know when we're discovering enlightenment. And uh, so we're bringing in our guest today, Saber. Hello, Saber. Well, hello. You're doing a wonderful <laughs> job leading us all today. Thank you. Thank you, Saber. I love You're your welcome. vote of confidence. So, um, what what do you say about enlightenment? What's what's the saber word on it? Well, we could talk about a lot of things. Uh, enlightenment means a lot of things to many different people, but I would just like to point out that ten years ago, compared to now, the outward expression about what's on the street and what people are talking about and what's in the news and 
what they're putting out through um, commercialism of enlightenment is huge, right? People who did yoga and who partook in crystals and oils were considered like an alternative lifestyle. And now, if you don't, you're considered to be outside of a normal lifestyle or a habit of not using them. So it's just incredible how fast and furiously uh, so-called enlightenment, so-called being connected to source, being grounded, being one, connected to all, has really caught on so fast. And that is, um, number one, due to all of the amazing healers that are really working hard to get the message out there. And number two, that this is, this is what, you know, Sanskrit and the Bible and ancient scrolls have been talking about, that this is the moment in time, uh, if time exists or not, we don't know, but... Um, it is a moment in history in which everything is about to change. And we are feeling it, and we are learning how to partake in its beautiful messages and magic. And uh, Atana is one of the, the amazing teachers, and so are you, and so am I. Pat ourselves on the back. We are uh, part of this kind of journey helping people lead them to this place of enlightenment. Do you think it has to do with the shifting from the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, the cosmology of different lights and new uh, higher frequency energies? Definitely, yes. I am not uh, completely educated upon this subject, but my guides had said uh, about 10 years ago that Jesus was kind of taking a break, and the uh, Aquarian Age is kind of coming into play. Uh, St. Germain is kind of taking over, um, and other beings of light, goddesses, Sophie, Sophia, um, things like that. So it's almost like a shifting of ascended masters as well. Uh, It's like any kind of shift, you know, like you have people on watch, you know, night watch, and then we have people on day watch, and we're doing the same thing cosmically. We have had teachers teaching us for 2,000 or more years, and they're kind of taking their shift break, and the new leaders are coming upon. So I think that really says a lot about that religions, we're not wrong or right, you're not wrong or right, your religion's not wrong or right, it's just the religion that you were part of was part of a certain time, and now it's moving into a different energy. And so anyone that's in a different religion than yours, um, or you believe in something different, don't put down on them, or don't look down on them, or don't think, oh, they're wrong, and I'm right, or they're right, and I'm wrong. It's just we need to learn from each other, and I think that this shift really helps us to discern that, to understand that we're all in this together. We all have really good ideas. We all have love at the core of what we're trying to teach. But there are times when there's a start and there's a finish. There's an alpha and there's an omega. There's a beginning and there's an end to everything. And this is one of those times where we have to really understand that at its core and to let things go, to let things come in to be new again. And that's hard for even me. Uh, because I am not someone who loves change. And so, and I'm very open minded and easygoing. And so I can't imagine um, this time being easy for others who are kind of hard headed and stubborn and not wanting change ever. Uh, you can imagine how energetically this must feel. So, partaking in things and um, new ways of living your life, such as the Atana method. Uh, and just being part of a more mindful experience on the planet is really, really important right now for everyone. And it is interesting that we are in this transitional time of um, it becoming more 
mainstream to be open and accept even the word enlightenment. Um, and I have, I'm happy that I, I have more and more clients coming in who are uh, branching out or expanding out from their Christian upbringing. And, but I, I have some that are still at that place where they love the energy work and they are fully engaged in the energy work and they can uh, tangibly feel how it's helping their life and then still have difficulty talking to their friends. Um, You know, like their friends about all these wonderful changes that are happening in their life. It's hard for them to discuss it because their friends are being like still very um, more closed-minded and um, not willing to accept that somebody can have these kind of changes happen in a non-Christian way. Right. And thank you for sharing that because so many people are going through this and I, I understand where they're coming from because it can be so hard because you just want to be accepted as a human soul in the first place. And then you add all this other stuff on top of it. Right. Um, and being alive on this planet right now is, is a difficult time for many people. So it's, it is, it is a moment where we have to show the most grace and the most love to each other and welcome new possibilities. And I grew up a Catholic. Um, I consider myself a Christian, but I consider myself to have the powers that Jesus did. I consider myself to have the powers that Mary did because that is who we came from. That is who I came from. And so that me, it's lost in translation that Jesus and Mary were able to do all of these miracles, but people are doing miracles now in 2019, and people don't want to realize it and don't want to recognize it, and they want to kind of um, just keep that pigeonhole about a book written many, many years ago and not be present right now. You know, what's happening right now? People are performing miracles day and night. They're experiencing miracles day and night. People, uh, you can hear all over the place, you know, stigmata happening all over the place. Uh, People experiencing visions and angels and lights and skin, skin healing right before their eyes and bones fusing back together right before their eyes and um, able to control the weather and all, I mean, just so many different things that, humans, levitation, teleportation, telepathy, these are miracles, but they're also innate abilities. And we're moving into a zone where innate abilities, so-called miracles, are a part of everyday life. And that is what I believe the Creator has wanted for us for this entire time. And we've been looking for God to do it for us, the goddesses to do it for us, and And in reality, we're supposed to be doing it for ourselves from the inside out. Um, And so I think a lot of people who are religious get bothered by that because they believe that that's more of like an egotistical thing to say, or I'm not letting God or goddess lead. I am wanting to do it all on my own. And we're trying to teach them that we're trying to co-create with God and goddess. We are trying to be part of this experience and be active in the experience, and not wait like a damsel in distress, but to go out and be part of this experience, and do the miracles, and perform the miracles that God and Goddess wanted us to do in the first place, not wait for it to be handed to us um, every 2,000 years or so. Right. Does that answer your question? I'm coming up for air. I'm coming up for air. Excuse me. Excuse me. That was awesome, Saber. Yeah, thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's it's that uh, difference between, um, it's the power that Atana is always reminding us to call back, right, Atana? It's like, call your power back, find your worthiness, and claim your place, claim your space here on the planet. And and stop being in this... um, 
you know, like, oh, I'm I'm just a leaf in the wind, you know, whatever the creator wants me to do, I just have to go, right? But we, like you said, we're co-creating, and when we stand in our power and be fully present in our bodies, we get to be a part of that co-creation. Exactly, and the moment we participate and we are in our, uh, in our healthy balance and in our alignment and our purpose, everything is just kind of working out by itself. We just kind of like, we are in the action, but at the same time, it just happens around us and within us, and we're becoming very still in this highly moving action as uh, it's being shown in the, um, in the scriptures of, of Buddhism where it's being compared to a wheel that's turning, and in the center of, it, of the wheel, it looks like the center is still. And it's very interesting. Even if you look at the, at the whole wheel, it looks like the faster it goes, the more it looks like it's still or it goes slower from the distance. And it's very similar. You are spinning, and when you get to a certain high spin of frequency, it looks like literally you virtually are standing still. And that's when you reach that zero point, that uh, zero gravity point where you can actually reach all of your dimensional expressions. And that's really fun and, and nice to do when you see it also as a geometrical, uh, structural, and as an energetic achievement. It's not just an intellectual, or I'm enlightened in my intellect. This is a whole body um, overhaul of your system or remembering or recognition and you're basically uh, pulling all the veils and transforming what needs to be transformed and you are basically becoming a whole operating um, almost like a free agent you know so as the as you mentioned that the spin gets faster and faster is it is it like a you know, like, is there turbulence at that point? Do you go through, like, a turbulent speed and then it just, like, levels out to, like, uh, weightlessness? It is It is very much like a... You do have to go to certain trials and tribulations because these are like... These are like checkpoints. And if you go to any very important or um, sacred, meaning secret sites, for example. Just think about you're going to go into the depths of a, um, you know, of any, any place, like even to the city. Look how many um, areas they're going to they're gonna check you if, and vet you and see if you are actually uh, qualified and actually can be there. Um, this is also... Uh, very, very beautifully shown in the trials and tribulations of Jesus in the desert for 40 days, or when Buddha was facing facing off with the demonic forces. And it's very interesting because you have to overcome the duality. You have to overcome the the positive and negative um, ideas that humanity or society has. Um, um, our, our idealized ideas that we have about life. And you have to overcome that patterning and reprogram yourself to what is really there. And now, if you look back, how many times did we have experienced since our childhood disillusionment when we were truly thinking, oh my God, when I'm going to have this toy, my whole life is going to change, you know? And then after a week, that toy is not doing nothing for me. I need the next toy. And when you when you think about what you wanted to do in childhood, and then you're doing it, and you say, "Well, it's kind of boring." When you when you wanted to ride first a bicycle, you know, um, even further, first time when you were walking, uh, it's like ah, I'm going to be doing amazing things when I'm walking. We probably don't even remember that. And we keep on bouncing and falling on our butts. And then finally we walk. Then we're going to start 
riding the bicycle and like my god if i'm gonna ride the bicycle i'm gonna be everything is gonna be different then i'm gonna be riding a motorcycle and once i ride this motorcycle everything is gonna be different oh my god i just want i want my driver's license for my car my whole life is gonna change and then you're like driving a car is like what the heck for now i want to go with a helicopter i don't want to be stuck in traffic (laughs) and so the levels of where you're going with that are also different. You can be enlightened and work in a postal office and just with every stamp that you're selling you or giving to the next person, you basically bring them a little bit of unconditional love in the process. Enlightenment means simply that you're awakened. You woke up. You woke up from your sleep, from your dream state, and you are in this moment awake. And when you are awake, you are actually starting to live in real time. And that means you can react to moments in the moment, to situations in the moment. And you can apply yourself in the moment to these different realities, expressions and experiences. And you can be actually seeing this from different points of views instead of going, being on autopilot and, and just doing the same old, same old thing. The enlightenment can express itself in even just a minute or an an action or an expression or a thought. And we all have enlightenment uh, glimpses and moments and sparks. It's about expanding these moments to a lifetime, to many lifetimes, and live in that enlightenment. That's beautiful. Thank you, Atana. So we're going to take another short break, and when we come back... We'll continue talking about enlightenment and that the understanding that this duality that we're living in is an illusion and that it's time for us to wake up. So we'll be back after a short break. listeners, and thank you for joining us on Let's Talk Healing. We are here with Atana, who this show is uh, about, Atana Badili, and you can find him at atanamethod.com or just Google Atana. And we also have Saber with us today. And I want to bring both Atana and Saber back in. Yay, both of us. (laughs) Both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk more about uh, the illusion of the duality. Uh, There's still, I mean, I love the idea of more and more people waking up, and yet I know that there are still many, many people still asleep uh, and still very much entrenched in the duality. And so let's talk more about that. Yay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, may I may I speak about the difference when because I know for myself that there was a moment where my energy shifted, my action shifted, 
my mind shifted. There was this point at which I was asleep, and then I was awake. And everything was different in terms of I could smell things differently. Things looked, colors looked different. Uh, vibrations of feelings and sounds sounded and felt different. So there's a moment in which the enlightenment process, and they talk a lot about the kundalini energy, um, and you can even see with Catholicism um, and a lot of Christian images that there's a snake uh, always around Mary or on a staff, uh, and kundalini energy is a serpent snake-like energy, and it really sucks that the snake gets such a bad rap because the snake is is such an important part of the enlightenment process, the energy coming from this serpent-like energy um, actually awakens the chakra system, therefore awakens you. So somebody at some point uh, didn't want that power uh, either to be given out at that moment or for you not to have it at all. And I haven't figured that out yet, but I will. But it's something that when you awaken, you are, it's not like you're part of a club, but you feel like you're part of a certain club, right? And you know who's in the club and who's not. And you start to gravitate towards people who are like-minded and like-hearted. Uh, and even just being in their presence, uh, you awaken them if they're not. Uh, so it's like this magical energy that it, it, it awakens whatever you touch, whatever you talk, whatever you feel uh, around you, it awakens everything around you as well. And as Atana was saying, you could be, you know, the Pied Piper at the post office, you know, of enlightenment. And you are there to heal the post office from the inside out. And you are there to bless everyone around you and every package going. Can you imagine that? Every package going out or every envelope blessed with enlightenment energy and healing energy. And it just swirls around town all day or it goes cross country. Uh, so never, ever diminish your experience. Whatever you're on the planet doing at this very moment, you could do great things with it. Don't ever downplay your experiences because people, you're kind of taught, oh, you need to like check yourself into an ashram to be this enlightened being or you got to live in a yoga studio 24 hours a day. It's not true. You can be this world-changing being who you are right now in any capacity where you stand at this very moment. And I think that's very important even for me to hear as a mother because sometimes we get caught up in if I'm home and I'm just taking care of my kids or cleaning the house, what am I doing for the planet, right? I am able to heal myself, my children, the land that I'm living on, and I'm creating beings that are going out into the world that are going to help this place become a better one. So mothers and fathers and any caretakers of anyone, if you're in a home and you feel like you're not doing your part, you are. You were destined to be there for a reason and not take that lightly. I love that you bring that up, Saber. That and I love the 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 way that our experiences have been so different because like you woke up with an alarm clock and I you know, my awakening has been a much more gradual process. You know, I when I look back over uh, my adult life, I I kind of see me um in a deep sleep for a while <laughs> and then you know like one little eyeball kind of peeking open and you know then maybe a stretch and a yawn and it's, it's been a much more gradual process and I want to um, bring in our listeners who Atana has told us uh, before if you're listening to this show you're waking up right you yeah. are you are here and you are waking up and you are already tuning in to these higher frequencies, to what's here for you, to what, you know, what is available to you. And 
I love that you bring that up, that you don't have to be um, at the ashram or, you know, like wearing hippie beads or anything like that. Yes. You can you yes. can be doing your awakening process every day in whatever your life is, whatever yes. it looks like. And, um, and, you know, and Carol, you know what, as you were just saying, you know, you don't have to wear the hippie beads and be in the ashram and all that. I'm telling you, and I've heard this over and over again, okay, that I was put where I am right now because I'm there to kind of heal it from the inside out. And if you were to look at me and see my life on the outside, you wouldn't really say she's a hippie or she's an environmentalist or she's a advocate for animals or she's, you know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't, mm -hmm. you wouldn't say that. So I think we need to really stop with this idea of what uh, enlightened people look like, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What we should look like, right? I think, and I think there's, I'll never forget this. I was at the park with my son and I was talking to this guy and we were talking about really, really deep uh, issues about the environment and he was, we were really digging each other. And then I finally, you know, so I got to go and I walked over to my car and he goes, oh, and I'm like, what's, what's up? He goes, that's the kind of car you drive. And it was kind of like, you can't be a environmentalist or a healer or a, a divine uh, agent and drive a nice car. Right. And All right. I, was, I was like, I was pissed. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm like, you have no idea. Uh, how far and how wide I've dedicated my life to the healing of this planet. And just because on the outside I like to partake in some of the more luxurious things, right, doesn't mean that I'm not good at what I'm doing or doesn't mean that I don't care. And I think a lot of people are being judged right now because of that. And we have to remember there are people who are in the 1% of the 1%, right, that are in there because they are healing it from the inside out. So it's like we need to stop judging people. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, God has always been asking us is to please not judge each other. Um, and now more than ever, you don't know who is doing what and what's doing who. You know what I'm saying? Um, in terms of divine agents. So, uh, Atana, where does that come from, this notion that if, that the enlightened person is supposed to just give themselves away, you know, like give their services and, and, um, you know, not have to, or not like live like a regular person. I love that. I love that. Specifically the example with the car. I had once, um, you know, I had this uh, nice hybrid Prius and then I, got me like an, another car um, too that was like an, you know, like an antique, like a Grand Jeep Wagoneer. Eight cylinders, um, you know, and just got that thing and just kind of build it up and back, put it back together. And while I was running it, I could not, I could not probably have left the car running while I filled it up because it would probably never fill up. It was such a gasoline sucker that you get yeah, the gasoline would just basically come back out out of the exhaust instead of like it's being processed in any form. And then I, I converted it later into uh, where it burned hydrogen. And But at the same time, think about it this way. Nobody knows your strategy in life. Maybe it's better if everybody drives the biggest car that they can so that we get to this critical mass faster. Maybe we shouldn't even hold it back so that everybody actually has to think about the solution. When even like the people that the folks that live in the in the boonies, when they can barely breathe anymore, they're gonna think twice again who they're gonna elect to do what for whatever reason, you know? You have to think about it this way. Change is gonna come only if it has to be because Look, we all are amazing human beings, but one thing is for certain, if we don't have to change, change is not something that we go in immediately after because we want to change. Usually we change because we have to. 
And humanity is built up and wired that way. So if they say something, if, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But if you don't want to break it, if you don't want it to break, then start thinking about getting a better solution in there, getting, getting the next step in your evolution in there. But, you know, as long as it's working, why would anybody try to change it? And right now the system barely works. I mean, it works with a lot of blood. There's a lot of war that needs to be done to control these, these oil uh, areas. But at the same time, if it doesn't have to change, it does not easily going to change. So we can go either way with it. We should be probably all driving around with a firefighter truck with the biggest gas guzzler <laughs> we can, where we just go like uh, two miles a gallon or something. And then, and then everybody is going to be like, hey, what is coming out of the exhaust that's coming out of this thing? And, and you know, and ultimately we all going to get to this place because we all come from enlightenment and we all going to go into enlightenment. So we are one. We're coming from the source and we are source energy. When, when people go into, and that's already what I uh, mentioned a little bit earlier, People have preconceived ideas how enlightenment looks, how life should be, how um, an enlightened person should talk, how an enlightened person should be. And that's why we need the, the censorship of the churches, of the religions, because they basically clean out the image and make it not human-like anymore so that nobody can really achieve it. Because, here, here. You know, yeah, <laughs> because the people were levitating. They, you know, they never, they never went to the bathroom. Uh, you know, all this stuff that's like that makes it so hard to obtain. When the more human it becomes, the more we are actually recognizing our own source because that's our very own source. And I, I watched this documentary, um, um, Leaving Neverland, for example. And Oprah did a uh, after show after leaving Neverland. It was about uh, the two boys that was being uh, sexually being abused by Michael Jackson. And uh, the two um, guys later on had, uh, and the director of the documentary had a um, after show with Oprah. And they came, they all came to one conclusion. They say good and bad can happen in the same person. Just because that somebody is really a great, great star person doesn't mean they can also have flaws. And it's that exact idolizing, uh, fantasizing, idolizing, fantasizing, religious, this can only be there if it's the cleanest for me. That's, that's, the, that's the illusion, that perfectionism that we think we need to have in order to feel comfortable. And the more everybody becomes a perfectionist, the less we can appreciate ourselves because we all have flaws that we are improving our lives and changing. And we don't have to look at ourselves as, look, if you're not flawless, you can't accept yourself. You know, uh, look, you, you, I made a mistake. I cannot be a good energy healer. No. How about you try tomorrow be a better energy healer than you was today? And if these flaws come up, instead of using that to feel self-defeated, Use that to actually get better. And what that is, is humanity is self-defeating itself because it can never reach that ideal that's illusionary. Because nobody really lived like that. They cleaned up the images like PR people. And if you look at the churches, one, one century after the other, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to look at that. No, no, we don't want to listen to this. Oh, they were half naked. Put them in ropes. Oh, they did this. No, 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 let's do this. Oh, they had that experience. No, no, in this century, we, are, we don't want to look at that. And so after year after year after year, after hundreds of years, you have a cleaned up image. You cannot barely recognize that person who was really affected or, or has affected humanity in such deep ways by, by just being human and maybe even get, get deeper into the enlightenment of each human action. And you know what, Atana, on the opposite end of that, yeah. as you were saying, the PR people, and I think that's a really, that's an awesome way to look at it. Like, we are going to take this 
this experience, which can be the most beautiful one you will ever have, right? And we're going to spin it to whatever advantage we need it to go to. And I'm going to talk about the other side of it. Let's just say Mary Magdalene. They spun Mary Magdalene to where she was like the dirt of the earth. She was a whore, right? And she was she was Jesus' number one gal, you know, performing miracles just like he was. She had her own crew with her, and she was doing the same work. So it was like another way to spin uh, a a huge uh, attack against women and women's rights and, and women's liberation. And now this, I mean, this is 2000 years ago. And now we're just seeing women actually start to, as of a hundred years ago, learn how to be part of this world in the way that a man has and voting and things like that. And now we're starting to catch up because we've had to play catch up for 2000 years. So, as you were saying, it's just an amazing thing how these, yes, uh, yes these beautiful experiences, people, you just have to be careful of, of what you listen to and what you be part of. And, 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 and if your your inner voice has a huge opinion, right, your inner voice says that this is okay for you, this is healthy for you. And so many people, just as um, you were saying with Michael Jackson, those parents, that mother said on that that uh, documentary, I panicked the first time. I left him at Neverland. I couldn't get a hold of him, and I was freaking out. I had a panic attack, and I couldn't I couldn't get through to him, and I was freaking out. And her body was saying, No, 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 no. And you have to listen. You have to listen. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, in let me go a little bit deeper into the uh, the Mary Magdalene because I also want to give um, um, our listeners a possibility to view this from a very from agnostic side. Uh, the agnostics, for example, they believe that uh, Mary Magdalene and and even uh, uh, even Mary was also in a scene. And Mag- Magdala Magdala is actually a town in Israel. That's not even three miles away from the Sea of Galilee. So the Magdala town is actually what many people believe that Mary Magdalene is named after, and she was actually um, a daughter of a wealthy um, person in Magdala, and she was um, uh, Jesus' benefactor as well. And what what a lot of uh, people didn't know is that Jesus showed himself to her first, after the crucifixion. And it's very interesting that uh, at that time, of course, the women rights movement was not as developed, you know. There was no, yeah. there was nobody really um, standing up for the women rights as much as they were just happy that they got along and, and were not uh, tortured as much or, or abused. And, um, and there was already a, a big thorn in... Um, in a lot of uh, people's uh, eyes when they had that experience that why would he show him to her first when we are the leaders here and 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 peter and and they all got pretty outraged about that and she has her own she has her own gospel she has her, her own teachings there and she was uh, very much favored for in a lot of uh, movements and once she once he was not available in physical form they tried, and, and the male patriarch uh, uh, tried to uh, really push this a little bit more to the side, you know. When all we need to see is and look at is everything has a right to be. It doesn't matter if it's a child, a woman, a man, even animals and trees. And we have to start respecting and appreciating everything that is there in God's creation instead of like being in these harsh judgments, you know. Here, 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 so, and you know, yeah, thank you. And you, and you know what? The Catholic Church, I believe, in the '60s, uh, formally apologized to Mary Magdalene and uh, declared a feast day for her, which is on seven two two, July twenty second, which is a month of the snake, by the way, because uh, I was born in July. Yes, 
Um, and so there's a lot of things that um, that Mary Magdalene knew how to do, and because she was a female, they did not want her doing them uh, as she was. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to my girl, M.M., because she's the bomb. <laughs> and um, thank you for – I'm so happy we got to talk about her today because red-headed, blonde, uh, brunette, whatever you look like, you know, Mary Magdalene seems to have many different forms, brown skin, white skin, uh, yellow skin. She's, she seems to have taken many different forms and, um, you can see her likeness and her heart in so many people, because if you're a ferocious woman, if you're a woman who has gumption and who wants to be in a position of leadership, uh, you probably have Mary Magdalene somewhere in your genetic lines or she's floating around you somewhere uh, in the etheric realms being a protector of you uh, because she is fierce. And right now we need Mary Magdalene's energy more than than anyone's, I believe. And she is a magnificent, enlightened being. <laughs> yeah, yes, she that. is. Yeah. So thank you for for both of you for bringing all those uh, new and enlightening ideas. You know, like I love that bringing in uh, Mary Magdalene and the feminine energy and where we are with enlightenment, that we all have this within us. And it's just a matter of uh, waking up, whether you do it fast or whether you do it slow or whether you... uh, or even how much you're aware of it. Just keep trying to connect to your spirituality and keep trying to grow every day. So, Atana, (laughs) thank you for uh, this show. Uh, I want to thank our listeners for listening to us, and I want to remind our listeners that they can find you everywhere. Uh, just Google Atana, and you can find all of the services that he has provided for us. And uh, I want to hand it back over to you to, for any final words to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really enjoyed having you on, Carol, and, and supporting us throughout the um, the whole show, and I love how when Mother Mary comes up, we got Saber right there. Uh, the lady from New Orleans, she is coming out and is fighting her battles for the healing and the support of the beautiful feminine energy. Thank you so Woo-hoo! much. Saber. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> And so another thing for you listeners is I would like you to look at your life and see which area can you appreciate more in your life today, starting today. Which person in your life can you start appreciating more today? Which aspect of yourself can you start appreciating more today? And all these aspects of us that are not being so visible and out there, when are we going to start really recognizing, appreciating them, and truly and truly enjoying ourselves the way we truly are? Take that censorship for a moment out of your system and look at yourself the way you are and then start embracing yourself exactly as you are so that you can start bringing all this healing light into all aspects of your being. And I'm going to do the same thing. I, I know Carol and Saver is doing this on a daily basis themselves, and we are all only going to get more and more effective, more and more into our healing work, and we become more and more loving every day. So get ready, because when we see you, we're going to give you a big hug. (laughs) Thank you, Atana. Thank you, listeners. (laughs) Thank you, Saber. Thank you, Carol. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Great job, Carol. (laughs) Thank you.
Hari Om.